for Radio 1 91FM podcast. Right now, um, speaking of the Otago Museum, I'm joined by Maura White. Morena to you, Maura. Morena. Good to have you here again. Always a pleasure to have you Thank on you. the show. Right, today we're talking about um, our part, Otago Museum's part in a new exhibition called Uncovering Pacific's Past, a History of Archaeology in Oceania. Um, this is being put on by the Australian National University, um, and we've got a contribution to that, um, and this one's coming from um, the contribution to the collection at the Otago Museum from H.D. Skinner. Uh, and we all know and love the building, the little uh, is, is little building on the other side of the museum reserve. H.D. Skinner Annex. Yeah, that's the one. The um, but Dunedin North Post Office. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But who is H.D. Skinner? H.D. Skinner is, uh, he was appointed to the museum in 1919. He was the first appointee with humanities expertise. Before that, the curatorial staff had all been zoologists, essentially. And H.D. stayed in that position until the 1930s when William Blacksland Benham left. He became the director of the museum and mm-hmm. worked there for another roughly 20 years as the director. He had a huge impact on increasing the museum's humanities collections and the breadth of the stories they could tell. Wow, amazing, fantastic. So um, no wonder he has his own building. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, okay, so which part of his work uh, uh, is this exhibition focusing on? What, what are we looking at? We're looking at one ads, which stands in for the hundreds of thousands of ads that Skinner looked at in yeah. his career. It's hard to remember... Well, to think yourself back into the state of play in the early 1920s when all the stories about who came from where and how travel through the Pacific was imagined before Lapita Mm. was uh, discovered. And HD was of the belief that material culture could play a role in determining these links and he felt that if he could come up with a classification of ads it would mean that people could compare ads from different places and make links that suggested more human connections maybe trade maybe travel yeah. So of course, when um, uh, people took had uh, had new took to new technologies like an ads to another island or another place or another peoples, um, they would copy that, and, and so you'd know that those people had come through essentially, right? Well, they might be uh, a little bit different because you're working with a different stone in yeah. a new place, but the basic shape and outline yeah. of them. And the sizes uh, he felt could be helpful and meaningful. Um, what is an ads? It's basically here a woodworking tool in the main part. It's made of stone. It's spelt differently to axe. Yeah. And for a lot of people, 
axe uh, is is a symmetrical sort of blade, and adze is also very often hafted to a wooden handle, mm-hmm. but it tends to be uh, hafted at right angles. Yes. So instead of in the same plane as an, as an axe, it's hafted uh, at ninety degrees and. Yep, so you can kind of shell something out, like a uh, walker. You can indeed, for the larger ones, and, you know, there's all sorts of smaller sizes and shapes that possibly relate to the tasks that they were best designed to perform. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And you mentioned something about classification there, and I often see this uh, in literature, but don't fully understand it. What, What do you mean by classification? I always remember being told it's a tool for thinking of, it's not a reality. So HD's classification was to group all the ads that were very similar in terms of their outline, the handle, the cutting edge. So you might end up... He he uh, kind of related it to the biological Linnaean classification. We have families of animals that of a different, of a similar type, mm-hmm. and then you might have subfamilies or subgroups that yeah. you know share it, the main characteristics, but have their own small differences. So he set up ten groups of adzes that he thought were meaningfully different. Some of them had little sub varieties, and uh, he felt that they grouped importantly different yeah. groups of material. And now um, that's been whittled down by an ads itself to, to four or so, hasn't it? Uh, soon after he published his <laughs> last ads classification, <laughs> yes, somebody whipped in and revised yeah, it yeah, and yeah. They, they made some of his groups types or made you know, a smaller number of types with a larger number of variations. So, yes, we do commonly talk about the Duff typology. Roger Duff, one of HD's students, who oh, went on to right. fame as director of the Canterbury Museum in mm-hmm. Christchurch. But, yeah. Oh, Canterbury Museum. Boring. Uh, no, it's actually quite a good museum. Um, right, so th- so so this it's just going to be one ad that's on display on the, in this exhibition, which is an uh, online exhibition, isn't it? Is, is it... Um, is, is all the stuff going off to Sydney or is it, all, is it staying at home and it just being shown online? Uh, it's physically staying in our building and the contributions from all the other institutions around the world will physically stay in their building. ANU are going to host a website where all those links <coughs> forgive me, are made uh, between the different international participants yeah and so um and some of the, what are, do you know of anything else that's been looked at from from around the world i mean because i i guess um uh, they there'll be a lot of museums from 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 all over the globe would have sent people over or there would have been a lot of contribution taken back um, by people from england and france and and, and the netherlands and spain and, and whatnot would have found things here on their voyages of discovery or whatever and taken things back so there must be pieces um, from Oceania all scattered all over the world Indeed, yes uh, researchers and uh, museums who accumulated collections from travellers as you say I know that in Auckland they're looking at the contributions of Roger Green who was huge uh, 
part voice in the formation of the idea of the Lapita people in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. I believe Torhyadal is going to be the focus of uh, one of the Scandinavian contributions. Um, Auckland's also looking at Roger Golson. So people from quite distant past and mm-hmm. much more recent. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. And so um, this will be coming soon um, and you'll be able to find it on their website, this exhibition? You will. Yeah, and they've got a specific one, www.uncoveringpacificpass.org, uh, I believe. Uh, and you can also come in and see the case at yes. the Otago Museum on the atrium first floor. Mm-hmm. We've got the ads on display, lovely photograph of HD on one of the Otago beach sites, and we've loaded a bunch of papers that he and other people looking at ads is in the Pacific published on a touch screen that's nearby. Okay, and how often does it, is this ads usually on display, or is this one that's hidden in the depths? It's come to fame recently. It was on display in the Daring to Be Wise University mm. exhibition, and uh, but before that, it was in storage. Because of course, he came down to Otago from Taranaki to study, didn't he? HD uh, grew up in Taranaki, mm. yes. Mm, uh, went to Wellington, Victoria, and then down to Dunedin. That's right, that's right. All right, Brian, well, thank you, Maura. Always a pleasure. Oh, wait. And I'd like to acknowledge my colleague, oh, yes, Rachel Wesley, course. who is no longer working at the museum because she's moved on to another job, but who uh, was a, a, a co curator of mm-hmm. this in the months before she left. Oh, well, um, uh, good luck to her and her future endeavours, and we're sad to see her leave the museum team. We are. Oh, yeah, but she's just down the road. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.